0: You guys can have a seat. I need to grab one more thing down here real quick so I don't look weird in the middle of my sermon. Getting down here on my knees. Um, I first want to um, say a congratulations to two very special people in my life. Last night, Kirby said yes to Kevin. They went up to Match Patch. Match Patch, whatever it's called. And um, we'll set this over here. Here's the funny thing that she didn't know. One, we were actually at the house the day that, um, well, she does, knows it now, but we were actually at the house the day that Kevin brought the ring home, and she was supposed to stay at work that day. So he showed it to me. I'm sitting on the couch, and he places the Jared's bag on the coffee table, had open oh, over the ring showing us. Well, him and Brittany went upstairs to, to um, talk about a couple of things, and I wasn't paying attention to see who might show up on their break. And Kirby walks in the door. So I said, I grabbed the bag, and you know it's those hard cardboard bags, you know what I'm talking about, and like the really stiff corners, and I shoved it behind my back, was leaning up against it, and I just yelled, hey, Kirby, so that they would hear, and from what I understand, Kevin threw the ring underneath the bed, and <laughs> it was an eventful day, but so I just want to say congratulations to you guys, and um, yeah, but like I said, good morning, and if you're listening online, I'm glad you're tuning in, and uh, today's, one, like Justin said in, in the welcome, today's going to be a little bit different, um, a little bit different of a sermon. It's not going to be one of those, like, you leave here and your mind's blown or any of that kind of stuff. Well, you might be, but um the Spirit can do whatever He wants to do. But I wanted to take this a Sunday and just kind of reiterate some things about what we stand for. You know, we uh, we said from the very beginning that when we started Shift Church, we said the last thing that South Knoxville really needs is just, is just another church. Because if we were just another church, we would just be like every other church. And, and we wanted to be a movement that re- really reached people where they are with no expectations, with no, with, no, with no pretense. Just we want to meet people where they are without judgment, without condemnation. Just say, hey, listen, you find God at your own pace, and we're here for you. And as we're here for you, we will pour into you. We'll pour ourselves out for you, no matter where you find yourself. The last thing our community needs is just another church that does the opposite of those things, that worry about what happens on the inside of the four walls that they meet in, Worried about what color their carpet is, how to set up the communion trays, who passes them out, who doesn't, who gets to speak and who doesn't. Let's just be people who love other people and pour themselves out for people. And we said that to do that is that we really believe that we had to shift the cultural norms that we find in church. We have to shift cultural norms and shift into an authentic relationship with Christ. And what that means is really boils down to this, just this phrase that if we've been changed, if we've been changed by the story of God, then our job is to help change other people. We have, have 40,000 plus growing people living in the 75 square miles that are around us. And like I've always said, if statistics are right, that's 27, almost 28,000 people disconnected from the story that we know has impacted our lives so much. Like the story of a man, of a God, who left his throne to come give his life, pour his life out on the cross for us so we don't ever have to experience the separation that we have with God anymore. Like, this is the, like, we have the greatest treasure, the greatest story ever told living in us. And for too long, the church has kept it quiet because we've gotten so fearful of the outside world that we're afraid to attack the world. We may just have a water pistol, I always say. But at least we have something that's put out the fire. Like, I want to be the church that's on the, on, at the gate of hell just grabbing people as they walk through. We have this story that we can't keep to our keep to ourselves, a story that we don't deserve. A story, a story that, you know, a salvation that we don't we don't deserve. We've done nothing to have it like it reminds me, especially singing that last song. I think of, of the prodigal son who left everything, separated himself from the father and the father was on the front porch waiting for him to come back. The whole time. And when he did see his son from a distance. What does it say he did? He ran to him. And that's significant because in that culture. Older men were known known for not running. Because it was undignified. But he runs to his son. And gives him the best robe. The best ring. Gives him the best dinner. We have this treasure. That same treasure. That even though like the prodigal son. We don't deserve it. Our father runs to us. He chases us down. He kicks down the barriers. So why are we so fearful when it comes to sharing our stories to the world? Because nobody's going to come get... The majority of people are not going to come listen to a sermon and be changed. But they'll listen to your story, what you were like before Christ, when you met Christ and after Christ. We have this treasure. The Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians 7, 4-7. It says... But we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's me and you. And that treasure is the gospel, what the gospel has done for us, Jesus himself. And the thing, about, the thing about clay is, if you know anything about pottery, is it cracks. We're some cracked up people. It chips. We're some chipped up people. But it's through those cracks that gives character, gives, gives, gives a place to where what's inside of it, that treasure that's inside of it, can seep out to the world around us. But you have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us? Because here's a crazy. There's a story of a guy who put all of his treasure in in, in these in these clay jars, and he hung them on each side of the camel of his camel as he was going through town. And what he didn't realize is the bottom of it had some holes in it, had some cracks in it. And as they were trotting along, that treasure was just falling out. And what ended up happening was the whole village that he lived in became wealthy because he allowed well, he allowed that that his treasure to be poured out on the city that he lived in, the village that he lived in. And it helped the whole city. And that's what I pray that shift church is, this movement. I often thought about not putting church at the end of shift, but I thought it would be kind of even weirder when you called somebody and said, yeah, what group are you part of? I'm part of shift. You're part of what? I get that all the time. You have to be careful when you say that. But can we just be a church that allows the bottom to drop out of our pots and pour it out on people? And so I want to do today is, I want to read a story, and if you've been around church for any length of time, you've You've heard this, and this is kind of going to be a vision Sunday. What I hope that that we we are for all of eternity, for all our existence, but it's but it's a story that if you know anything about it, um, there's this prophet. His name is Elisha, and the chapter before this, he just he gets done helping three kings, like he's that kind of prophet, like he is high up, he is like he's up there with the big dogs. Okay, and what happens is this lady approaches him. And shares a story about that's going on in her life. That apparently he already knew about. But, but some danger that she found herself in. And this is what it says in 2 Kings 4, 1 and 2. It says, One, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served, who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. Verse 2. But now the creator has come, sorry, finish verse 1. But now the creator has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Verse 2, when, when, what can I do to help you, Elisha asked. It's kind of like this idea of, okay, you come to me, I know, I just, I just spoke with, I mean, I'm, like, it's amazing to me to think about how God sometimes, even though he's so far above us, takes time to help us. Just like Elisha's doing here. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. And so but he answered his question with a question right here. It says, Tell me what do you have in your house? And she says, Nothing at all. Like sometimes do you ever feel like you have nothing at all? Like especially when it comes to you know, you hear people from stage go, Hey, you need to go share your story with somebody and you're like, I don't really have a story. Or maybe my story's too dark. I don't have much. Maybe it's, maybe it's a mistake that you made, a divorce. Maybe it's a sexual sin or that secret that, that you have that makes you think that you have nothing to offer a movement like this. Like, I don't have much. I don't have anything, nothing at all. But, listen, she says, nothing at all except a flask of, of olive oil. She replied, leave me there. So here's this woman. She's stuck. Right? She has a situation that she's stuck in. The debts that her husband owed is now happening to be paid, and they're gonna, the debtors are coming to take her sons to work off that debt. She's in a situation. She's about to lose everyone that she has around her. She's lost her husband. Now she's about to lose their kids. And for a lot of us, we find ourselves stuck. In a situation, we have a situation that like, we don't think of it as our situation, but it is our situation, because there's people around us our, the family we work, the families we live with, the people we work with, our friends, our relatives that we're all about to lose if we don't get serious about reaching our, the people that we live, work and play with. That means our, our kids. Without us pouring it out, they're gonna be forever, eternally separated from God. Our friends, our moms, our dads, whoever it may be, if we don't get serious about pouring ourselves out to people, we're gonna lose everything like this woman. Lose everything. Yeah, we'll we'll be fine. We'll be in heaven, right? But just to think like we could take them with us. So she's stuck. She's in a situation about to lose everything. We're in a situation about to lose everything. And we don't feel like our story's good enough or it's worth telling. Or maybe you've been told by the church, you know what? That's a great story that you have about God's redemption. But that's not really a story that we need to share. And I'm sitting here telling you that's bull crap because it, our stories, our experiences of Christ is what motivates people to see what's more So maybe you're sitting here like this woman and you feel like what you have, that little bit of olive oil that you do have, maybe you feel like it's nothing or maybe you don't... Maybe you just feel like, yeah, maybe it's just this. But what if I told you that that was all that you needed? What if I told you what you have is enough? Second Kings 4 Three through 6. Well, first part of 6. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your, from your friends and neighbors. Leave me right here for a second. I just think about this. Okay, I just told you that I don't have anything to even sell on eBay. I don't have nothing. And you want me to go get a whole lot more of nothing? You want me to go ask everybody? You want me to go ask everybody for their emptiness? And bring that emptiness into my house. And that's supposed to help me out in my situation? So you want me to go grab other people's stuff? And what am I supposed to do with it? That's not going to help the situation. You want me to go serve there? That's not really going to do anything for them. It's not going to do anything for me. Verse 4. That's what he says. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars. Wait a minute. You mean my one little, flat, my one little bit that I have here that's mine, that I'm going to hoard to myself because it's all I have? You want me to pour it in their jars? Yeah, right. Like that, that's going to make what I have nothing. Nothing. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. But I only have one, so how am I going to fill up more than one? Verse 5. So she did as she was told. And I want to notice something about this next part of this verse. It says her sons kept bringing jars to her, um, so she sent her sons to go get the jars. Like She's like, I ain't going to be embarrassed by this. I'm going to send my kids out there to do it. I do that same lyric all the time. Okay, you go over there and ask them for if we, if if they can help us cut, knock down this tree. Okay, with their tractor. Uh, yes, I got help cutting down a tree yesterday. Uh, so, uh, so this is what it says. She says she kept. They kept bringing the jars to her, and she filled them. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Every container was full to the brim. And she says, bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. Leave me right here. Bring me another jar. Like, it looked like what she had was enough. Like, how is that possible? God's economy is weird, right? You give, give, and give, but it's like you can always give, give, and give. It's like it never runs out. But here's what, what we see about this. Is, I'm wondering if you're taking notes, you can write this down. One, that she, what, she had, what she had was enough, but it said, I wrote this down. You'll never know what God can do in you and through you until you pour what you have out. You will never know what God can do in you and through you until you pour what you have out. It reminds me of remember when we talked about the prophets of Bel and he they're up on the mountain and what did they have to pour on the altar? Water. water, what wasn't what was lacking at that point? They were in a drought, so they had no, really had no water. So the only water they had was the water that they brought up there to drink for the day, and they had been there all day. The closest water source was like five, six, seven miles away, and, and, and like there's no way you're can we going to walk there and get back with this, with, with this water. So they poured what they had out to see what God could do, to see God move. We've got to pour what we have out. And here's the second thing. As you pour it out, what god what well, as you pour it out what god has done in you begins to multiply as you pour it out as you pour your life your love because that's really what we're pouring out is the love that we've experienced in Christ the love that we the love that we we say that we have we in Christ when we can't keep it to ourselves so as we pour it out as you pour it out what god has done in you the story that you have it begins to multiply, and I can just imagine this woman. Right, she just see me at Walmart looking for some for these jars last night. I was trying to find like I, was, I went to somebody and I was like, "Hey, um, do you have like you know those essential oils like jars like that but empty?" Well, they took me to essential oils that actually still had oils in them. I was like, no, that's not what I want. Um, I'm not anointing anybody this morning, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna let God do that. Hallelujah! All right, uh, I can imagine this woman, right. She she she's like all I have is this one flask of oil, and you want me to fill up this other stuff? You mean to tell me that you want me to pour my life? I feel like I have nothing, and you want me to pour my life into people when I feel like I'm like I have nothing to offer anybody, and just like Elisha's telling told that woman, I think God's telling us, pour it out. Pour it out. So I can imagine her as she fills it up. Maybe for you, it's your time. Maybe it's that coworker that's going through a hard time. And you're like, I really don't have time for this. But you learn that as I give my time to people and I share my story with people, we see lives change. And we, we feel them to the brim and we step back and we go, I still have oil to give. How is that possible? Like I can imagine that woman going, what the what? My flask still has oil in it. Or maybe she goes to pour the next one and and she's like, what in the world? It's still coming out. Maybe for you, that's your talents. So Maybe you've poured out some time, you've poured out some talents because God's given you a gift. You may be weird and awkward. That might be your gift. It may be singing. It may be, I don't know what your gift may be. But God says if you pour it out, Watch and see what I can do with it. Watch and see as, as you pour your time in, as you pour your, your talents in, as you do those things, watch and see what God can do. like look at how you're still filled although you're pouring yourself out. And then or maybe I can imagine as she goes goes on here, she fills up. Another one. Maybe that's your treasure. Here she is, she's like, man, I still, I still have oil in my, in, my, in my container. Like, how is this possible? How am I able to pour my time, my talents, and my treasures out for people? Like, maybe God's calling you to give. I'm not saying give to shift church. I'm, not, I'm going to say this right now. If you feel that way, don't give today. But maybe it's God's wanting you to give into something that's bigger than you because he's given you an opportunity to do that. Or maybe it's an individual. You know why I see this individual struggling. And I'm going to pour my treasure out for them without expecting anything in return just so they can see that not only, yeah, that may have had a cost, but the ultimate cost was that Jesus gave his life for us. And maybe through this, I can, he'll ask, they'll ask, why are, you, why are you doing this? Why are you helping me in this way? And you can just look at them and say, you know what? Because I, I, I once had a price that I could not pay on my own, and someone else bought it for me. Why are you spending so much time with me? Why are you sharing my story? Because somebody took the time to come down and die for me. To share their story of redemption, of reconciliation. All that means is to be brought back, reconciled. That's back to God. He took the time to do that. Well, why are you, why, well, Derek, you could go speak and make money speaking at different engagements. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because I had someone who spoke into my life and changed me forever. That's why I do what I do. And I want you to experience that too. That's why I'm pouring my life into you. And that last note that we we put on there, you know, the one about as we pour ourselves out and we pour out what God's done in us, put these lids on here before i spill all this it says that as we pour ourselves out we begin to multiply so we're pouring ourselves out and we don't even see what we're what's happening in around us we don't we don't we may not see the fruit of what we've done like I think of Billy Graham, I'm sure Billy Graham knows about the numbers that he that came to his crusades, but did he really know the impact that he had with people around him? Like I could just imagine. Like I, I would hope that God would look at somebody like Billy Graham and say, "I just want to show you." I want, as you poured yourself out, I want to show you what happened. As you gave everything away, I want to show you what happened. you you you've multiplied. It started with one and then it went to two, then it went to four. You look at it in the, you look at it in the Bible when Jesus sends the, sends the disciples out. He sends them out twelve, and then when they return, they come back with double, what, themselves. And then he sends them out and comes back with double. And eventually you get to 3,000, you get to 5,000, you get to 7,000. They begin to multiply because they're sharing their time, their talents, and their treasures with the world around them. And God's multiplying them. So I can just imagine one day standing before God and just just hoping that I see the impact that I had. And God's like, I just want to show you, as you were pouring yourself out, you begin to multiply. You mean from my one empty jar? I mean, as I poured myself out, I filled that many people and I still made it? Like I think about the people who's poured into me, from Mom and Dad to Mama and Pep to David Collins to Peyton Wills, to Dan Grider to What if they never poured into me? What if they never took seriously the call to go to the world, make disciples of all nations? No matter of race or creed. Just go share your story because as you pour yourself out, look and see what God can do. Pour it out. And what happens when you pour it out is you get stories like Danielle, a lady I worked with who was atheist, agnostic at best, And as we poured into her, she went from saying, you know what? I don't know about God to, well, maybe there is a God, but maybe he doesn't care about us the way you say he does. From that to, you know what? I said, okay, fine, to God this morning. That's what happens when you pour out everything that you have, not giving up on somebody. And you also get this. I asked a couple people to share some stories, so I'm going to ask Courtney to come up here. Real quick. So as we pour into people, we pour our story into people. You get, you can go into that microphone right over there. Um, you get stories like this.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, um, where do I start? <laughs> I was a mess. Um, I grew up a Christian. I was saved at a really young age, but then, um, my teenage years, some family stuff happened and things just got kind of crazy. And instead of like turning to God, I turned to partying and alcohol and jumping around from house to house, living with anybody I could. Um, I was broken. I was just mean, angry, wanted to fight anybody and everybody I could find. (laughs) Um, I was just, I held so much resentment towards the world and I was depressed and the only way I can describe it is just surrounded by darkness um, it was like a fog had just like enveloped me and had taken me under and I remember one night um, I would come, ho- I would go to work and come home and just go to bed and sometimes I wouldn't eat sometimes I wouldn't talk to anybody I'd just go there and I'd just lay in bed and it was terrible and <clears throat> one night I just remember praying and being like, God, this is it. Either save me or I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I can't even describe to you the peace that just came over me. And I just fell asleep. And the next morning I woke up, and it was like my whole life had been flipped upside down for the better. It was amazing. Like, I could see the sunshine. And... I don't know, I just had this new view, but I was still kind of like wanting to go party and hang out with my my friends, <laughs> and um, so I was still kind of it a little bit, and then, but it's, it's just amazing to see the people that God puts in your life, and the purpose that they serve, because it's like he slowly introduced me to the McCarters, and then from then it was just like Brittany encouraging me to go to church, and, and. I don't know, here I am. And I was baptized last year by Derek and that was the true turning point for me. I mean, weeks leading up to that, I was just wanting to do better for myself. And I knew that, that was the step that I needed to take to do it, to hold myself accountable. And I'm just so thankful for SHIP Church and for the McCarter's and for everyone that comes here because y'all hold me accountable. Y'all keep me lifted up. I mean. Y'all are like a second family, and it's so amazing. <laughs> Brb while I go cry. <laughs> um, you know, every day's a struggle with depression, but I know God is always with me, and knowing that makes the really hard days a lot easier. And I just can't even describe the peace that I have with myself now because I can't turn back and go fix all the wrong that I've done, because I've done a lot of wrong, and I've hurt a lot of people. But I can move forward, and I can help other people, and I can show people that I'm not that person anymore, which is so amazing, because God's mercies are new every day. And when you're broken, you just need to know that. And no matter where you are right now, God is so close to you. (laughs) You may not know it, you may not feel it, but he is right next to you. And he wants you to turn to him. He wants you to to pray to him and to cry out and just tell him, you know, this is it. I need you, I need you to take control. And if you don't, I just don't know what, I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore. And the second I did that, it was just, I can't, the peace that just came over me was just, I let it all go. He took everything and it was so great. (laughs) And, I mean, you know, there's going to be hard days. Everybody has hard days. But with him on your side and with a wonderful church family, like, shift, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. And there you have it. That's a little bit about me. <laughs> You're
0: awesome. Okay. Here's, here's the amazing thing is Courtney went from depression and the uh, trying to find peace in the party life. And the people around her to now pouring herself out. She's a leadership team with Shift Church and over first impressions even with her weirdness just to see what God can do in somebody because other people have poured themselves into them. And i got another person I want you to hear a story from and he can come on up.
2: I don't know that I have a as good of a speech as Courtney did. I think she did a great job. And uh, most of you know my story. You know, it's most of you are family to me and um, know exactly everything that's happened in my life. But um, I guess what I would, I come from like a, little, a lot different of a um, background than most people that have struggled with finding God or finding their purpose, you know. I never was into a big party scene or never was on drugs or drinking and addicted to alcohol or sleeping around with a bunch of people. I mean, the only person I've ever slept with is my wife, and um, I never was that way. I just, my parents raised me in church, and everybody that I've ever been around has always tried to encourage me to stay, you know, on the right path, and I've I've always been thankful for that, but... Going on now, probably two and a half to three years ago, I made a decision to bring some boys into our house, and it wasn't really anything that I uh, thought was bad. I didn't think it was going to end up bad. I didn't, I didn't, obviously, I didn't um, think it would end up like it did, but I was in church. I'd always, um, tried to do good things you know always help anybody and I felt like I had that reputation and uh you know things things went bad through it and I guess I wasn't even I wasn't even really prepared to talk about this this morning when I was Derek asked me this week about it I was just wanting to talk about shift church but uh you know I guess what everything showed me is that no matter what you think is right or what you're feeling like is right, if you're not got God in the middle of it, you know it can't just be a at the beginning or at the end of your day thing or a situation you're going through. If it, if He's not right in the middle of it, um, it's not going to be good. And Shift Church has, and the people of Shift Church has, gave him helped me. Find the opportunity to be bold to share my story. Um, Came in and kept me focused through, you know, home groups, uh, Sunday morning services, uh, different meetings, you know, just even just simple text messages. You know, this past week, obviously, Kelsey's parole hearing didn't go well. And after everything we've been through and things we've fought through and just praying and, you know, seeking God and just feeling like we're doing everything we should to get news that we didn't want. I was just heartbroken and obviously, you know, disappointed and depressed. And I, and you know, the first thing that I said after that, I I went straight to the car and I was there by myself. First thing I said was, you know, God, what else do you want from me? You know, what am I not doing? And, um, I did start questioning, you know, what am I not doing right, and just upset. And, you know, Courtney sent a text message this week to us and said that she was just praying for us all, and no matter what we were going through, and, you know, it meant a lot to me. And uh, I guess just Shift Church gives me an opportunity to be bold, share my story, focus, Stay focused on what we got to stay focused on. You know, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. And to see your tests and your trials, uh, you see your trials as the test of your faith. And that, you know, God's preparing a bride for himself to be worthy. And so, shift church to me is, uh, I think I got off the topic there. But shift church to me is uh, opportunity, you know, and it's a way to stay focused. And It's also, like Courtney said, a big accountability factor. I've got people around me that can keep me, you know, grounded and where I need to be. Is that okay? That's good. All right.
0: Thank you, man. you know, it's just it's just amazing to see that as in hard times when we when we have hard times with each other, you know, around each other and. Through you know we see our brothers and sisters struggling is that we have a group here that's we can pour ourselves into each other and get and get each other through these things and you know a guy said this to me once and that goes right along with this idea of pouring yourself out to those around you and helping them through life is asking yourself the question what does love require of me today what does love require of me today. Maybe something simple, maybe something complex, but either way, we've got to pour it out. I didn't want to leave here today without giving um, two ways that we could pour it out tangibly um, you won't be able to do it today, but this week it'll be set up, but number one is, I believe as Working in schools, but being meeting where we are, is that we need to pour into Bonnie Kate Elementary School. And here's what we're going to try to do. You know, last year we made um, little bags, and that was great. Um, but here's what I would like to do, because I don't know the needs of all the teachers here, but I would love for us to pour out some love to these teachers and raise thirteen hundred dollars so that we can give them each a twenty-five dollar gift card. To go buy supplies for them, so that's one thing. Because I believe, I mean, they're pouring into the next generation, and and we really need to pour into them. All right, and here's the second thing. We um, and I may do something here in a minute, but um, I don't know. Um, but we've come and um, had sat, had the opportunity and the privilege of um, coming into contact with Alethea and Jason, and they. Um, they back in January they started this uh, this house called they call Revision House, and uh, and it's they're pouring their lives into women who um, are coming off of addictions and just need a place, need some help and guidance. And um, we 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 want to as a church pour into them. And one of the things you know tomorrow, me and um, Justin are going to go over there and do some measuring. But we have some pro- projects we're going to do and help them out with. Um, and on top of that as um, as a church we 're actually going to support them because we we love what you guys are doing and um, but next week i'm gonna have a timetable to where we 're going to go over there and we 're going to do this this uh, I would say little project, but it 's not quite little okay um, but're we we're also we're going we're going to support them in their ministry financially um, and because we, we just want to pour our lives into you guys because we love what you guys are doing um, with helping women. And getting them back on their feet but um, I wasn't going to do this and I hope it's okay that I'm going to do this but I would love for us to come around you guys and pray is that cool? Um, So if you guys want to come on up here and this is Jason and Alethea. Um, Alethea was actually Lyric's teacher um, and so so it was really cool getting to connect that way and through this but they have some great hearts and you guys are being a kingdom for people that most people wouldn't be a kingdom for and we appreciate that, and it really goes along with what we what, what we always said. We want to be the church for those people who um, would normally be at church, and so we appreciate that. So, well, before I end my sermon here in a second, I would like for all of us to come up and just pray for them and what they're doing, um, and then we'll finish this up with two more passages of scripture. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Let's pray. The guy I want to just lift up Jason Alethea and just uh, just pray that um, and just thank you for their hearts and their love for what well, for, for some are the unlovable. And just, I pray that as they pour their all out into these ladies, that your that your cup that their cup just continually runs over with joy and peace. And may they see Christ in you. And and just thank you for allowing us to play a small part and what they do, but I just want to thank you for them and lift them up so they can be encouraged to know that they are doing a great work. And as the MI says, then they cannot come down. Build that wall around, build that safety around these, around these women so that they know that not only are they loved by these two, but they're loved by you, ultimately. No matter where they are, you chase them down. You knock down the walls. You knock down the lies. You, you put light in the shadow. And I, I thank you for them being a light into that world. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. You. But as we, as we close this, I want to we'll give Joe time to get back there to his, to his computer. I wanted to kind of read these two passages. In 2 Kings 4, 6, it says this. Soon every container was full to the brim. Like, just imagine, we said we want to reach the 27,000 people that are disconnected in the 76,000 miles around us. What if one day we could say, there's no more jars to pour into. There's no more jars to pour into. Bring me another jar, she said. There aren't any more, they told her. And the olive oil stopped flowing, because here's what I believe, is that when we've done what we're supposed to do, when we've poured ourselves out and there's nothing else to pour into, we will see the King return and we'll be in heaven, be in His presence with all of our jars, with everyone that we had an impact with. But we've got to pour it out. One of my key verses for life and one of the ones I have for Shift Church is Isaiah 26. 8. Yes, Lord walking in the way of your truth. We wait eagerly for you. We're waiting for you, God. But as we wait, as we hold on, it's your name and your renown. That's the desire of my soul. That's the desire of our souls. It's not about shift church. It's not about whatever church down the road. It's not not about us as individuals. It's about His name, His kingdom, His renown, His reputation. We've got to pour it out. Dear God, we want to come to you this morning and just thank you. Thank you for the people that you've placed in, in in our lives. And I just pray that as as we leave out of here, that we really take this vision for Shift Church and we begin to pour it out, pour it into the into our friends they're empty jars so that we can change our community and in changing our community change the world thank you for the people you've placed in, in my life that's encouraged encouraged me everyone in this room sometimes I'll sit back and I wonder like am I the pastor they 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 need or that, that's good enough for them And but in raw reality God I know that they're for me they're what I need They encourage me. So God, I just I just lift them up that even though their jars may feel empty sometimes, and they're walking down the hallways of their work, they're walking down the hallways of their campuses, they're walking down the hallway of wherever they, they find themselves, I pray that they just begin to puncture holes in their jars and just let it pour out. Allow us to be the church where we live, work, and play build your kingdom not our kingdom as we pour it out I pray all this in your name